Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Bobby. Bobby, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Bobby Taylor, and I have been a self-leadership coach for, wow, more than 20 years. I started my own business back in 2000, and I do a lot of content creation. I'm a published author in that area. I have my own podcast in that area. And the biggest, the biggest part of what I do anymore, I think, is create content so that more people can learn about it. And people often ask, you know, what, what, what's self-leadership? <laughs> it is how do we directly uh, and intentionally direct our, our action, our energy, our behaviors towards what matters most to us in our own lives? So that's a little bit about me. Thank you, Bobby. And um, yes, thank you for coming on to the podcast today and sharing your story. And um, the first question I have for you is, what chronic illness do you have? Well, I actually, it, the, what I had, and I no longer have it, I'm very lucky. Um, it was back in 2003, March 6th, actually, of 2003. I collapsed, and uh, it took the doctors a while to piece it all together. But essentially what had happened is I'd had mono sometime in 2020, uh, in 2002, and I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. I just kept pushing through it, which if you've ever had mono, you know how bad that is. Like, it's hard to lift your head off the pillow, right? Mm-hmm. But, but Naomi, I, I ignored all those, all those signs and I just kept pushing and I didn't know I was that sick. You know, I just thought, well, I'm kind of tired. And so what happened is because I didn't take care of that and I kept pushing in the, my stress level was so high, um, it turned into, uh, it was, it, it affected my adrenal glands. So with your adrenals, there are three different levels. Well, there's normal, which is where you want to be. And then there's adrenal fatigue, which Quite a few people actually experience that, and it's not a huge deal. Um, you'll definitely feel it. And then there's adrenal exhaustion, which is which is very serious. And then there's adrenal collapse, and um, you don't usually get to adrenal collapse. Um, I, mine were so bad that in late 2006, I was still trying to find you know a, a course of treatment, and I was meeting with a doctor, and he's like, he was looking at my test results, and he said based on these results, like you shouldn't be alive because that's how bad these are. And so I really ran myself down and it took a good 10 years to really get back to a place of being not just healthy, you know, not, not just being no longer sick, but really being truly healthy and being the athlete that, that I had been even a better athlete than before I got sick. So it was adrenal collapse. That's what I, what I, what I experienced. Wow. And yeah. And, and you were told 3% of people survive adrenal collapse and 97% don't. And you say yeah. you only heard 3% survive and you held on <laughs> to hope that you were determined to be part of that 3%. And I got to say, Bobby, that is one of the most breathtaking things I've ever heard. That is so congratulatory. I had never heard anyone with a chronic illness or a physical disability speak that optimistically about their own condition you you heard that three percent survive and you were determined to be part of the three percent and that is so so inspiring and i want everyone here listening to know as long as there is a chance there is a chance (laughs) that's right that's right and thank you for well thank you for the compliment first of all naomi and also thanks for calling that out because I, i think that is important and i've had so many people over the years 
they're like, well, why didn't you give up when, when it, you know, when things were so bleak? And I thought, but to me, when I heard 3%, I thought, well, that means that somebody has this answer, you know, either someone or their doctor has this answer. I just have to find those. And this is the other part of that. I saw, I, I lost track of how many doctors I saw. And doctor after doctor is like, we can't help you, we can't help you, we can't help you. It took me 18 months to find the first doctor who said, I think I can help you. And then we, we had a lot of progress with her and we were living in Portland, Oregon, Oregon at the time. And then we moved back to Chicago where I had to find another doctor. And, and I just lucked out when I found him because he's like, I have treated this many times. And he said, this, this is completely something that you can recover from but it's not fast. And, and the other part of it is there's no magic pill for it. You know, you can't just take a pill. You can't just go have a surgery. It's a, it's it, what both of them said is it's a minimum of a two year recovery, but it's like, well, what's the, what's the, what's, what's the other option? <laughs> when you look at it that way, yeah, two years is a long time, but it's a shot mm -hmm. to, 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 to be well again. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. And um, so you said it was a very long recovery process. And what was the rehabilitation process like for you? Oh, boy. It was long mm -hmm. and tedious. It, it, it really was. Like, it took me, it took close to five years to get to the point where my adrenal test came back normal. But because, like, the first, the first several years, and you know, I'd say the first 18 months to two years, I spent a lot of those days in bed. Like there were some days I couldn't get out of bed. Like my, he was my boyfriend, then he's my husband now. He had to bring me my food because I just, I couldn't walk. I just couldn't walk to another room. So once I got to the point where I was no longer that sick, um, I remember when my first doctor said, uh, well, the first one who, who thought that she could help me, um, She's like, okay, well, now you can go out and you can start taking walks. But she said, you have to really pay attention to how does your body feel? Like you can't push too much. And I went for a walk to the end of our driveway. And our driveway, I don't know, it was 20 to 30 feet long. It was not very long. And I had to sit down at the end of the driveway on the curb and rest before I walked back into the house. And I mean, I was drenched in sweat because it was, it was so much effort. And before getting sick, just to set the stage, I used to, I was a runner. So I'd run three to eight miles every other day. So to, to walk 20 to 30 feet, that should have been like, you know, a drop in the bucket, but it was so hard. And then what I had to tell myself is it didn't matter about what I used to be able to do. What mattered is I'm gonna walk to the end of the driveway today and tomorrow I'm gonna do it again. And the day after that, I'm gonna do it again. And when I feel strong enough, I'm gonna take an extra two to three steps. You know, and that's how it was that tedious. You know, and eventually I made it to the end of the block and then I walked four blocks, you know. And now, I mean, now, you know, 20 years later, I cycle mountain passes, I, I cross country ski upwards of 70 days a year. You know, I'm still getting faster on my skis. So, but, but it all began with that tedious effort of walking to the end of the driveway. And it, there were times when that could be a little discouraging, but I thought, hey, at least I'm not in bed, <laughs> right? At least I'm doing something. 
so so that gives a, maybe a little bit of insight but it was it was slow and tedious and just just being satisfied with the effort that I could put in wow yeah and you just mentioned something super super important that I think is really important for everyone with a chronic illness and this is really inspirational um uh, to um to have the motivation to keep going and to not give up is is I I think I think I I really do think having the motivation is the key to survival. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, yeah. so often we get discouraged. And I remember at one point, I said to Rick, he's my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, like, oh my God, you know how we don't know, like we we don't know how how healthy I can become or how long this is going to take. And then, and I remember saying like, it could take 10 years or more. And then I remembered something I heard before I got sick. And it was someone he was talking about, he was pursuing his dreams and he was complaining to his grandmother because he's like, you know, it might take 10 years. And she's like, you're going to be 10 years older either way in 10 years. What would you rather be doing? And so I thought to myself, well, okay, let's say it does take 10 years. If I'm going to be 10 years older either way, at least I'm a, at least I'm going to give my, myself a, sh- a shot. I mean, I didn't know what was possible, Naomi. I just knew if I didn't do something, nothing good was going to happen. Yeah. That's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really important message um, to spread um, to, to everyone, um, even just 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 going through a hard time to just to just not yeah. um, give give up on it and um because uh, um because because having the determination to um stick with treatment or physical therapy and and rehabilitation it it it's it's going to save your life <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it will and in the journey like i had to go through physical therapy as part of the recovery because I lost so much muscle tone and so much of my strength that I actually have arthritis um, in my spine in a few places. And because uh, I used to play like, when I, I used to play a lot of tennis and I was one of those crazy people. I'd die for the ball, you know, on the asphalt. Shouldn't really do that, but I did. And, you know, so I've got, I've got a little bit of arthritis in my spine, but because I'm so strong, because I, I'm, so, I have so, I'm so muscular or so, you know, my muscles are so strong. Normally, I know I don't have any pain, but once I lost my muscle tone and, and my strength, then that kind of stuff really started hurting. And, and so I had to go through quite a bit of physical therapy just to kind of rebuild some of that. And it was, it, it was tedious, but you know, Naomi, you said something really important. Like, even if you're just going through a hard time or a dark time, you know, it's one of those things that when you're going through it, it seems, it seems like it's gonna last forever. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. Like, it's really not like, I, I, part of the year I live here in Colorado and, and we have, you know, sometimes when they're putting the, the interstates in, you know, they can't, they can't go over the mountains, so they go through the mountains. And sometimes you go through these tunnels, right? And the tunnels are, sometimes they're not very long, but sometimes there's one that's like a mile to a mile and a half or two miles long. And when you're in the middle of the tunnel, you, you really can't see how bright it is on the other side of the mountain but you just keep going and eventually you do. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Yeah. We just got to keep going because you don't know what, you don't know what promise tomorrow holds. Exactly. Yep. 
yeah, your 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 life can change in in instantly within a second and um and um I just feel like it's so important for for everyone to know to just keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's when you say keep going, there's a cuz so I, I said I like to cycle mountain passes and it's hard. Like when you when you're in Colorado and you're riding your bike up a mountain pass, sometimes it's really really slow because I'm not that fast. <laughs> but in biking, there's this expression that when you're climbing a big hill, there's two things. Don't look too far ahead. Right? Because if you're here and you're looking all the way at the top of the mountain, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm never gonna make it. So you don't you don't look that far. You look about you know a hundred feet ahead of you, and that's all you, and that's all you see. And then you, so you pick some kind of you know signpost or a milestone or whatever. And then when you get there, you pick another one. So that's one. You break it down. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I always say in biking is you have one job, and that's keep the pedals moving. It doesn't matter how slow, but keep the pedals moving. And I think it's kind of a great metaphor for life because sometimes all you need to do is just keep going, right? Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, and um, when 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 you reference the mountain metaphor, it's like um, just look a hundred feet ahead of you and just take that first step. It it goes in steps. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. a hundred you can do you can do anything for a hundred feet, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but if I'm looking at like a steep incline and it's a, and I can tell it's a mile, it's like, oh my God, that's going to take me forever because you're going kind of slow at that point, but you're still going. That's the thing. Yeah. And here's another thing too with that. And this is really more for skiing, but sometimes it's really good when you, when you climb something like that, whether it's on your bike or on skis or just in life and you stop and you look backwards and you say, wow look at how far I've come because that is also motivating. And that's the piece I think, and having coached as many people as I have, that's the piece we often miss. We don't turn and look behind us to say, wow, look at what I have done. Look at how far I have come. And, and then we miss, we miss out on that way to motivate ourselves because we don't give ourselves credit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you, Bobby, for bringing um, all this awareness and um, inspiration. Is there anything else you would like to share? Mm, yeah. You know, I have a belief, and that is that there is always a way forward. Always. Doesn't matter how bleak things are, right? But But we have to believe that there's a way forward. If we don't believe that, we don't look for the way forward. And as long as we believe it, our because the way our brains work, because in neuroscience, if we believe that there's a way forward, our brains will continue to look for the answer. So it's so important that we just, that we believe that and we hold on to that. that there is a way forward. Wow, thank you so much, Bobby. I think we really brought some good awareness about um, uh, your, your journey and, um, and um, just um, really good messages of just to never give up, which I think is so, so important for everyone. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And I'm always happy to share my story if I think, like I share it because I wanna inspire others because I know what it feels like to be in that, kind of that darkness of not knowing, but there is hope. Yes, there, there is hope. 
So thank you for having So thanks for reaching out and having me as a guest. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on to the podcast.